Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Now, the Chorus Radio Network presents The Roy Green Show with Roy Green, keeping you informed and entertained. Now, here's Roy. Obviously, our hearts uh, and thoughts and prayers go out to our French cousins uh, through this dark and terrible time. Um, These uh, terrorist attacks are uh, deeply uh, worrying and obviously unsettling to people around the world. Uh, That's one word. Unsettling. There are others. Um, Roy Green Show Chorus Radio Network. We are spending the entire show today talking about the terror attack on Paris and on the people of France, second one in 2015. The brutality of yesterday was absolutely uh, horrific. Absolutely, totally horrific. And uh, 129 dead, at least 350 injured. 99 are in critical condition. Belgium's justice minister has reported there's been a number of arrests made in Brussels in conjunction with, and uh, Prime Minister Trudeau talks about what he talked about. And um, But the Globe and Mail reports that the Prime Minister is not going to let this uh, affect his decision concerning pulling Canada's CF-18 fighter planes, the six of them, from the coalition bombing ISIS. You uh, just heard, many of you just heard Steve Day, the former colonel commanding officer of Canada's Special Forces JTF-2 unit, saying that if you do that, if a country does that, then it's not unusual for their allies to be a little more circumspect about providing military intelligence and information to that country. And uh, when I asked Colonel Day if that could be the result for Canada after Mr. Trudeau decides to pull the six CF-18s out of the coalition bombing ISIS, Colonel Day said, essentially, yeah, could very well be the case. Colonel Peter Mansour joins me on the Roy Green Show on the Koros Radio Network, former executive officer to General David Petraeus during the surge in Iraq. Colonel Mansour has told us on this program that al-Qaeda was virtually destroyed and ISIS would not have been formed had the U.S. military and its allies been allowed to finish off AQ. He's a former armored brigade commander, and he's the author of Surge, My Journey with General David Petraeus, and the Remaking of the Iraq War. Colonel Mansour, thank you very much for the time. It certainly is a remaking of of the war. This time it's ISIS that yesterday once again delivered its horrific conditions, and once again to the people of Paris. What's your response to that? You know, Roy, for almost a year and a half, you and I have been talking about how ISIS will not stop. They will not be satisfied with local gains in the Middle East, how they will take this war to Europe and the United States and potentially Canada as well, and that it would be easy for them to do so by just arming uh, a few militants with uh, AK-47s and having them go into public places and shoot people. For a year and a half we've been saying this, and we have done nothing to destroy ISIS except pinprick strikes. And this is the result. And I I hope that the Western public opinion 
uh, changes its mind about the dangers that ISIS poses, but I think they're pretty evident right now. Well, not so long ago, President Obama said the United States has no plan to deal with ISIS and terror groups. No, no specific plan. Uh, not only no plan, uh, on Friday uh, he said, uh, well, ISIS is contained. Uh, terribly bad timing, because it was within a matter of minutes or hours that uh, this attack occurred. ISIS is not contained. This proves it. Um, and we either destroy ISIS or ISIS will continue to try to destroy us. Was I correct when I, when I said that you had mentioned on this program that ISIS wouldn't even exist had, uh, had the military not been stopped uh, short of completing its goal of destroying al-Qaeda uh, during the surge? That's correct. And it's not just uh, uh, allowing the military to continue its, uh, its attacks against al-Qaeda in Iraq. It was a political decision to disengage from Iraq. Uh, which led to uh, allowing uh, al-Qaeda in Iraq, uh, the forerunner to ISIS, off the mat when it was down for the 10 count. And uh, instead, it was allowed to uh, regenerate and, and, um, and grow and, and gain adherence in Syria as well, and then it came back in a big way. After Charlie Hebdo in January, what did the last 24-plus hours in Paris suggest to you, Colonel Mansour, about what terror organizations are perhaps not only prepared to engage in, but are equipped and well enough organized to initiate and carry out? Um, I, you know, it, it shows that you can create uh, mass terror with, uh, with pretty primitive uh, planning and prim- primitive weapons. All you have to do is have some cells with AK-47s and enough ammunition and, um, you know, cars, which are easy to come by, and, and you tell them a date, and you say, everyone attack on the state. Go find a, a venue that's vulnerable. And it's not hard to do, unfortunately. So I, I think this is the wave of the future of these kind of terror attacks. You know, we, we're well-equipped to stop a big planes operation like 9-11, much less well-equipped to, to stop these sorts of uh, attacks in public venues. What do you expect the reaction to be in the short term? The French President Francois Hollande promised uncompromising war, merciless war. Uh, did you believe there has to be a rapid and significant response? You know, I would like to see a, uh, a significant response. I don't know how rapid it has to be. It doesn't have to necessarily be right away. But, you know, if within the, the next few weeks or months we ramp up a, a war against ISIS to destroy it, I'd, I'd be satisfied with that. I, I just think you're, you, we're going to have a lot of bluster, and then we'll, we'll say, well, this is just a counterterror operation, and we just need better intelligence. And we'll... we'll, we'll um, will make excuses for not doing something significant. Carmen, sir, how do you destroy ISIS? How do you destroy an ideology that is capable of creating the kind of uh, applause that existed on social networking yesterday in, in some quarters for the attack on civilians in Paris? How do you destroy that when, when they've been so successful in, uh, in recruiting homegrown terrorists? We've talked about that. I think you destroy it the same way, you know, in the good old-fashioned way, on the ground. ISIS controls territory, as did Nazi Germany. To destroy Nazi Germany, we destroyed the German army, we occupied Germany. And ISIS is the same thing. You destroy ISIS's forces in uh, Syria and Iraq, you occupy its territory, you turn it over to the locals that we can depend on, uh, the Kurds, the Sunni tribes. Uh, Iraqis and so forth, Iraqi armed forces, and you leave. And you say, the next time you, you do this and develop a state like it, we're going to come back. 
and uh, you know this idea that we we can't go ever go back into the Middle East because of what happened in, in the Iraq War, I think, is just uh, hogwash. You know, we need to destroy ISIS, and when you do that, when you destroy them on the ground, you you discredit uh, them as an organization, and you discredit their ideology. Is there the will to do that politically in in Western nations? You know, we, we looked at what was going on in Afghanistan. And you had uh, the United States, you had Canada, you had Australia, you had a few countries on the uh, pointy end of the stick in Helmand Province fighting uh, against the Taliban and, and fulfilling the mission that NATO was was uh, tasked to fulfill. Meanwhile, other NATO countries, soldiers, were hanging around in Kabul, not doing much of anything. You know, the Taliban wasn't attacking Western Europe, though. They weren't uh, fomenting terror in the United States, Canada, uh, Western Europe. Uh, they were a local organization, and so a lot of people were saying, well, you know, let the Afghans handle it. ISIS uh, is clearly has global designs, as, as this, you know, the Charlie Hebdo attack and this attack attest to. And I would like to see what the public opinion polls in France say about uh, the desire of the French people to go after ISIS now, even if it means putting ground troops into the Middle East for a a very precise mission of destroying this this regime and then leaving. Um, and I think if it if the public doesn't come around this time, the attacks will only grow in scale and scope and it will come around sooner or later. We'll take a break. We'll come back with Colonel Peter Mansour on the Green Show on the Corus Radio Network. He's the author of Surge, My Journey with General David Petraeus and the Remaking of the Iraq War, former executive officer to General David Petraeus and military history professor at Ohio State Universities, stay with us. Reaction to the murderous assault in Paris, uh, ISIS taking responsibility, credit, whatever you choose, for it. And um, 129 people lost their lives. Over 350 are injured. I, um, I'm just looking on Twitter here, and uh, Trev tweets, unless the UN agrees to a coalition... We don't belong in there, Colonel Peter Mansour, my guest, former executive officer to General David Petraeus uh, during the surge in Iraq and former armored brigade commander. What about that uh, that position? I've heard that time and again, Colonel Mansour, that unless the United Nations goes along with, uh, with, 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 with invading or attacking ISIS, then we have no business in participating with that. My usual response is the United Nations is also the same organization that put Libya and Russia with Putin on their Human Rights Commission? Um, I would actually take a different tack here. If I were France, I would declare Article 5 of the NATO uh, Treaty in force. An attack on one is an attack on all. And I would say we've been attacked by the Islamic State, and we now want NATO assistance in destroying the Islamic State and retaliating. Canada is a member of the NATO coalition, and so would be bound by treaty a treaty already in force uh, to defend France. And, um, you know, this is the way I would go about it. I think uh, NATO would be a great organization to take over uh, a, uh, a mission to destroy ISIS. What do you think of Canada's decision, of the current, the new federal government's decision, to remove the six CF-18 fighter planes that we have, that we have there? Really, they're, they're fairly old, and their presence is probably more symbolic than a realistic assistance, but they are there, and they are participating in bombing runs. What would you say to the Prime Minister who maintains he's going to pull them out? Um, 
You know, Canada is obviously a sovereign nation and can do what it wants, but uh, we need to remain united against uh, those organizations around the world that want to destroy Western civilization. And, uh, you know, this is, this is a fight that's going to come to us sooner or later, and um, we can't back away from it. Uh, I think more important um, would be uh, the Canadian Special Forces uh, uh, presence, and I'm not sure, it is, as he said, he's going to withdraw those as well, but um, I think that's actually a more important contribution. Uh, but, it's yeah, you don't want to see nations now backing out of the coalition uh, right when uh, ISIS is, is making its its power felt in the West. Prime Minister has said that he will have Canadian forces training local forces in Iraq. That's what he considers to be the best uh, option for this country. And that probably would include JTF, too. Well, that still keeps him in the fight. Um, I would... And, you know, you got to realize the U.S. Special Forces, that's their function in Iraq right now, and they're not in the fight as well. I, if I were President Obama, I would put them in the fight. But um, So it's good to see that he hasn't completely withdrawn from the coalition in that regard. But, uh, again, you know, we stand together or, or we'll fall separately. BBC reports that the uh, group of eight, and there were three groups from what we understand who... who um committed this atrocity. Uh, the a group of eight was self-contained, uh, a cell, self-contained cell, back in Paris after being in Syria. And that raises the concern about homegrown terrorists who traveled to, trained and fought with terror groups in the Middle East, and then returned home to commit the kind of atrocities we witnessed. What about that, uh, Colonel Mansour? Uh, it's certainly an issue. Um, you know, the United States, has, uh, there's been uh, several dozen maybe over 100 people that have gone to, to fight with ISIS in Syria. And you have to be able to track them, uh, because when they come back, a number of these people are disenchanted with the Islamic State. That's great. But a number of them have been radicalized by it. And, uh, and as we see in France, they can uh, do a, a lot of harm uh, to our society uh, should they choose to, uh, to take action. Hundreds of thousands of uh, refugees or refugee claimants have left Syria and are in in, uh, in Europe, and the Prime Minister of Canada says he's going to try to bring 25,000 into uh, into this country before the end of the year. Um, what is your what is your thinking on on uh, on on the refugee claimants from Syria? What's the best way to provide them with the assistance, the help, the support they so clearly need, and and um, and, and do so efficiently and effectively? take in some of these uh, refugees because they're clearly political refugees. But on the other hand, there's no end to them. Um, if we don't do something about the Islamic State, they will keep coming. So I would be in favor of setting up safe havens in northern Syria and along the border with Jordan uh, into which these people can, can flow and be safe from uh, further harm and keep them in the region rather than having them change countries. Because uh, you know, as we've seen in France with this huge population uh, from North Africa that they have there, unless you assimilate them into, into your society, um, you know, a portion of them can be radicalized and cause uh, great harm. Um, fortunately, Canada and the United States do a lot better job at assimilating our refugee populations than, than France does, but it's still an issue. And you have in Europe, you have the growth of, and I spoke with Colonel Day about this, you have the growth of... 
um, what were called what are called ultra right wing nationalist parties that want no more immigration and have uh, some very strong views on removing immigrants from from their countries, and they're gaining in political power and political strength. And I would imagine what happened over the last 24, 36 hours in France is only going to create more momentum for those parties. It will. Um, and, you know, you could see in the 1920s and 1930s in Europe that um, extreme parties grew in power as they transferred the nation's problems onto marginalized groups. And um, this is not exactly the same situation, but it's similar. Uh, these, a very small portion of these marginalized groups are, are taking action to, to dis, you know, kill people. And it's very easy for politicians from the, the right and maybe even the far left to take advantage of that and gain, gain votes. Uh, by transferring, uh, you know, their anger and their voters' anger onto onto um, certain portions of the population. So this, this is really dangerous. Europe has had has been through the longest period of peace it's ever known in its history since World War II, and this could uh, end that era, which would be uh, obviously a traumatic thing for all of all of the world. Yes. If I were to sit down with a group of American military officers. And I were to say to them, how satisfied are you with the current administration in Washington, with the president, with his advisors, with his, uh, with his handling of uh, the United States military? Do you think I'd get a bunch of thumbs up, or would they go sideways or down? You know, um, they... Uh, Is that they a fair question follow, to ask you? Yeah, they would follow their oath and, and support and defend the Constitution of the United States, and they would probably... Uh, plead the Fifth Amendment, <laughs> which, <laughs> which allows them uh, not to uh, self-incriminate. Uh, and but uh, if you ask retired military officers, they would probably be very dis- disenchanted with uh, this administration and its lack of will to do what's necessary to actually say what it wants to do: degrade and destroy ISIS. So two thumbs down from the retired military officers. The current military officers would immediately need a bathroom break. Yeah, they would, they would probably uh, take uh, the silence. Colonel Mansour, thank you very much for the time. And you're right, we've talked for the last year and a half, you and I, about the very scenarios that, uh, that are developing, and uh, ISIS promises will continue. So either nothing is done or something is done. Something is better than nothing, and it better be focused. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Roy. Colonel Peter Mansour, who teaches um, military history at Ohio State University and was the executive officer to General David Petraeus during the surge in Iraq. His book is called The Surge. When we come back, journalist from Agence France Presse, AFP, Eric Randolph, will join us from Paris.